Welcome, fasting fitness friends. This podcast will be about sharing information and stories on fasting and fitness. Bill is a martial arts instructor, business owner, husband, and father. Lisa is a retired music educator, an ultra runner, singer, dancer, wife, and mom. We have both lost weight and found a healthier lifestyle combining intermittent fasting and fitness activities. We hope you'll join us as we share content that can help both mental and physical wellness. Please remember the information presented here is not to be taken as medical advice. Always consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Thank you for listening. Good evening, Bill. How are you? I'm doing well, Lisa. How I'm are you? Great. Um, we're meeting a little bit later tonight. It's a Super Bowl Sunday. And uh, we're meeting a little later than usual. Lots of lots of stuff going on on TV, but here we are. It is absolutely. And I, I got to be honest. I don't watch the Super Bowl um, on the rare occasion that I do watch any part of the Super Bowl. I'm strictly watching the halftime show and the uh -huh. commercials. I just don't care about. Oh my football. gosh! No, Sorry, they, I, I'm exactly the same. I'm, I just like to see who sings the national anthem because, you know, I'm a musician. All I care about is the music. And um, in the theater community, we're all like, what kind of musical can we watch instead of the Super Bowl tonight? But many people watch it. And I hope for our fasting fitness friends that it's not a problem for them tonight with the food. You know, you can absolutely enjoy your food. And hopefully um, most of our listeners, if they're fasting, plan their window around, you know, maybe eating with their friends if they're having a Super Bowl get together. Um, or maybe they are not eating at the Super Bowl and they're delaying their food. So, uh, right. And, you know, I, I always tell everybody, if you're watching the Super Bowl, you knew when it was, you knew it was coming up and you knew it was a big mm -hmm. occasion for friends, family, Absolutely. and when friends and family come together, there's a really high chance that food food and drink is involved. So uh, if you know, it's always your choice whether you want to plan ahead to right. fast through that or you want to plan ahead to go ahead and have your feast, have your enjoyment, have your party, um, you know, and, and whichever way you want to do it. Just do it and make sure that you're enjoying it because if you're not enjoying it, you should. Right. I love it. that. Yeah. And I think that's like you said, it's it's a planned event. It's not like, oops, somebody invited me over. It's like, you know what? There's an, a thing happening. And and I was thinking about this tonight. It's it's a little bit of an emotional thing, like um, not emotional, but like a tradition. So like uh, I made a big pot roast for dinner tonight and um, it just felt like you know, we used to live in New York where it was cold. So that felt like Super Bowl Sunday. We had pot roast and we had deviled eggs. And, you know, that was our one meal. And we just planned to have it. This, the Super Bowl was on like 4.30 here in Arizona. My husband watches football, but I don't. But I wanted to um, enjoy a meal with him while the while the national anthem was being sung. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, I was just saying, who was singing the national um, anthem? Okay. So it was a country singer named Eric Church and um, a female singer who I'm not that familiar with, Jasmine something. And they did, um, oh, you know, I, I taught music for a living. So they did an interesting arrangement. I'm not going to say whether I liked it or not. It was very, very <laughs> different. 
It was okay. a, like an interpretive arrangement. <laughs> Which okay. is but it was good. It, they had it, a mixing of genres. They had yeah. a country singer and like um a pop singer. So that was good. Yeah, that's really popular right now, that kind of music fusion. fusion. Yes. So all right. Well, let's get okay. started then. Um we were gonna talk this week about the fit index scale, which I've been using now for I think about five okay. months. Five months ago is when I got mine, and you just recently got the exact I same scale. I just got it. I just got it. Um, so let me just first disclaimer is that we are not being sponsored by this company. I just happened to throw a dart on Amazon, and I decided to buy this because it was uh, not expensive, and I didn't want to make a big investment. Um, and it comes with the free app. And I have not weighed myself in my own home for probably. 10 years. I, I do weigh it when I go to the doctor, I close my eyes and I let them weigh me. But I have like many women and men, I've, I've let the scale really affect me emotionally. So I decided, I decided that since I've been intermittent fasting for over two years, I felt like I was in a place where I could really just use the scale for information for data and not let it freak me out. So this is like a new emotional challenge for me. So far, I'm doing okay. All right, good. And you know, like you said, we're not doctors, and we're not. We're also not. Uh, we're not being sponsored by Fit Index or any other brand of scale. We just happen to luckily end up on the same scale. And I've done a little bit of research because I was really curious about how these things worked and whether or not mm -hmm. they were accurate. So when I first got mine, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, it's, it's literally $20 on right. Amazon. Um, and we have Amazon Prime, so we didn't pay anything for shipping. And it was delivered, I, I think it was delivered the day after mm -hmm. we purchased it. Um, and it, so I was like, how accurate can a scale that costs $20 be when, the, you know, I, I use the one at the gym when I was going to the gym and they have to have specially trained staff standing by when people to, to help you use it because it costs like $3,000. Yep. Um, so how, how accurate is this thing that only costs 20? So I did a little bit of research on, first of all, mm -hmm. how they work and what the information you're actually getting from it is. Uh, and with the fit index scale, we get 13 key data points that we're tracking. The most important thing that we want to consider when we're looking at those data points later on is that those all those data points are making up a mm -hmm. bigger picture. None of those data points individually should be taken as a single, like this is my measurement oh, of that. my health. Thank you. Yep. You have to look at all of the information. Um, so how does it work and why does it work? What's going on with that? Those little silver pads you have to stand mm -hmm. on when you weigh yourself on the scale, what those do is they send a small completely unnoticeable by the human body electrical signal through the legs. Um, it sends a signal up one leg across the pelvis and down the other leg. And that is as much information as fit, fit index would give on how their scale works. Um, it's all very proprietary and, you know, there, there's a lot of competition out there in this particular niche market for digital, uh, what they what are called smart scales. And so each company, each brand has its own uh, kind of process, but they all use, they all follow the same theory. Uh, and that is, that 
that electrical current going through your body is called bioelectrical impedance okay. analysis. Um, lots of lots of big words in there. And but essentially, like I said, it sends a signal through one leg across the pelvis down the other leg. And then the scale takes the amount of time that it takes from to go for that current, that signal to go up across and back down to the other side. And it has all kinds of formulas programmed into it based on time and resistance level that it that it measures. Um, and, and so what it does, one of the key things that it's measuring is the amount of water uh, in your body. Ah. We'll come back to that in when, when we get to the individual data points, but it uses the amount of water in your body and, and, you know, combines that with your weight and your height. Cause you have to program, you have to put in your height on your phone to get accurate measurements, um, and things like that. So it uses that water measurement and that resistance measurement to then determine how much of your body is fat, how much of your body is muscle, bone, and fluid, etc. Um, so it's really, it's a really cool process. And as far as accuracy goes, I was, everybody kept telling me, I'll, you know, uh, I was, I had posted a couple of times what my body fat percentage was and what my goal was and what I was using to track it. And everybody said, oh, those things aren't accurate. You can't use, you can't okay. trust them. Um, and so my, so I, I did, again, at that time, I did a little bit more research and I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use this as maybe it's off right. by a percent. Maybe I have, mm -hmm. I have no way to know. Uh, at least at the time I didn't think, I didn't think I had any way to know, but uh, because I can't go to the gym and use the $3,000 oh, one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> To, that that was my plan was to use mine at home and then use the one at the gym every you know a couple times a year just to keep just to keep okay. a, a track um, or or a comparison and so um, but I said at least I'll, at least I have a a baseline and I have something to go off of and what I noticed with mine is it's super consistent over time um, and, and and daily up even daily up and downs are consistent with what I would expect based on what I've eaten and how much water okay. I've had that day, so on and so forth. So even if it's not right. perfect, it's a, it's a measurement right. tool and that's the only yes. way you should look at it as a, <laughs> as a single measurement tool that has a bunch right. of data and points. It's benchmark. So like I started, you know, February 1st or whatever, like I, I go from there, I, whether it goes up or down or around, but it's just data points. Exactly. Right. Um, and so I know for me, uh, you know, one of my big goals is body fat percent. And so I, I watch my body fat percent. I look at the, I look at the weight number, but I'm still below my goal weight. Um, even though I've had a couple of weeks of just kind of life getting in the way and fasting, not being mm -hmm. perfect. I've gained a little bit of weight, lost a little bit of weight, gained a little bit of weight, lost a little bit of weight over the last couple of weeks, but my body fat percentage has kind of curved with that. So I'm seeing that it's, you know, it, it, it has its own level That's, of accuracy. So I like that. It's got its own level of accuracy. So I'm just using it as a frame of reference. So I'm not going to flip out because it says a number. And if I go to the doctor right. in a month and I get on the scale there, that might be different because it's a different scale. So I'm not going to flip out. <clears throat> right. And uh, just just to throw this out there, in comparison to one of the other big products that's out there right now, 
And I know that a lot of our fasting friends um, use it and love it because they don't get mm. to see numbers is that uh, is right. the shape of scale. And my own personal feeling on that is, and, and maybe, maybe this is a, a guy thing, um, but I don't want to feel anything about my weight. So, and, and to me, colors are more associated with feelings than numbers ah. are. So that scale would not work for me. Cause I'd be like, what do you mean? It's red. <laughs> I did everything right. Right. Um, where, but if I can look at all these numbers that we're going to get from this scale, I can go, Oh, well, yeah, that, that makes complete sense that my water is down because I didn't drink any water the last two days. Um, and my water's down, but, but it shows my body fat percent is up. Is my body fat percent up or am I dehydrated? And I can use that data. Right. So I understand the concept with the colors for women, but, and, and mm -hmm. believe me, the scale has dictated my life for years and years and years. But um, I was talking to my husband, Jim, who's been on the podcast, Mr. Scientist. And, you know, I feel like it's a little bit of a, um, it's like a fake like placebo almost it's like if it shows like green or blue or whatever it's like you know what that means you know if you're holding steady so like right. if the scale says 120 and then the next day it says 121 and the next day it says 122 i don't know what the shape of scale maybe it'll stay at like whatever the color is for maintaining so i i don't know it's if that makes you feel better that and that works for you so that's the whole point of fasting you have to do what makes you comfortable and and so yes. I decided that I was going to choose to be comfortable no matter what the number was on my new scale. So that's what Lisa's doing. That's great. Um, so you've had it for um, how long it, now? I got it in January, but I just I started using it February first. That was like my ta-da. Okay, because okay. So I started February first. Um, I went to the doctor in August for something and I got on the scale. I'm usually a little bit leaner in the summer, even though I live in a warm climate because the pandemic and everything. So when I was got weight at the doctor in August, I was like 120, 121 with clothes on. So, um, and it was midday. So that was like the last time I got weight on official scale. So I sent you a screenshot, um, I, I weighed this morning, I weighed 121.2. Um, the first day I got on, I weighed like 120.8. So I, for me, in the old days, that would be like, oh no, the number went up. And I was like, oh, I'm holding a little bit more water. And the interesting thing for me is sometimes I weigh myself first thing in the morning, you know, after having my coffee and go to the bathroom. And sometimes I weigh myself after, after my hike or my run. And sometimes it's a little bit higher after my hike because I mm -hmm. drink like two liters of water while I'm hiking because I'm fasted and I have some salt. Yep. So I'm not, I'm so impressed with myself. I really am. Shout out to me that it did not flip me out at all. My husband is thrilled that I can manage to handle this. So this is, this is a big deal for me. Absolutely. And I, it totally makes complete sense what you said. And, you know, when we think about it, we go, oh, it doesn't make sense. Why would I weigh more after a workout? But you're hiking, you're drinking water, you're, you've got some sodium tablets yep. or salt tablets, whatever, yep. or even just plain salt. Um, and you're, so your muscles are taking yes. that Yay. water. 
and they're and they're holding on to it because your muscles know that that you don't want to you know it's got plenty of other fluids that it can turn into sweat and and expel to cool you down if you're overheated um it doesn't need to do that with the water that you're currently right. drinking that's and not I drink a lot of water. Like uh, I live in a desert and I have a thyroid yeah. condition. So I'm the, like the girl who like, I bring three liters of water with me, like to go a half hour, you know? So like Friday we hiked yeah. like nine miles and I didn't even use up my whole bladder. I have a, one of those hydration packs and I, I used, I drank a good two liters and I did have like one or two soil tablets. It was about a four or five hour hike. And um, I weighed more when I got back than when I left. And I'm like, Oh, that's so interesting. I was using it as data. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Thank you. That's awesome. Um, so, so weight is the first thing that you see when you, so the way the scale works is you buy the scale, you put batteries in it and you open the box and it comes with a little thing, a little sticker or a little pamphlet that says, go to your app store and download sure. this app. I don't know if other apps would work with, their, you know, each brand, or if you have to have the app for the brand, yeah, I, I would so. assume you do. Otherwise, they're not going to make any money. Um, but the really cool thing about it is I don't need to keep a notebook with my weight. I don't need to write it down. I don't need to use, I don't need to input it into another app. Um, it keeps track of everything and it stores it on mm -hmm. their cloud. So if you ever lose your phone, um, you just download the app or you replace your phone, you download the app on the new phone. You log in and it gives you all your data. You don't lose anything. Um, so that's really cool. And the, so weight is the uh, first. Just so everyone point. knows, I'm sorry. I'm and five foot. I'm five three. Yeah. I'm five three. I'm a little bit under, and I'm like okay. a medium frame. I'm like a medium frame, and I'm very muscular because I work out and I'm a dancer and I'm a runner, and so I'm solid. Mm -hmm. So just for frame of reference. Okay. And I'm looking at your numbers because you sent me the um yep. th that screenshot of your of your of your data and so you've got 120.8 pounds and are you weighing uh once a day twice I'm weighing a day like every other day every because other I'm, day that's great you know, i'm i'm crossing um, the threshold here and i know and i'll, I'll eventually right. weigh every day but i'm trying to not get obsessed with it and it's so, so that's working well for me mm -hmm. the yeah the only thing that this doesn't have that i really uh -huh. wish it did have is i i wish it had a seven day average oh. Yeah. Um, well, I, I and I, I think I might yeah. email them. Oh, you should because Jin, <laughs> you know, let's talk about Jin talks about the seven day average in um, probably in both books. I think she talks about in Delay Don't Deny and the Fast Feast Repeat, and I really, really, right. really like that concept. And what she says is, weigh yourself every day for seven days. Tally it up, divide by seven, because people get all upset about the ups and downs. And this way you, you could see overall where you're trending, right? Right. And that average number is a much better indicator of your overall body weight than the daily fluctuation. Right. All right. So um, I sent you the screenshot, but I don't know if um, it had you could see all the data points. I might have cut off my um, my metabolic age. So I have that in front of me if you need it. Okay. Well, yep. We're, we're, I'm just going to go across and down and we'll go okay. through kind of each one individually. So the next one is BMI. And I know that we, we agree that BMI is a very poor indicator of overall health by itself. Um, and I, I really want to emphasize that by yeah. itself. 
BMI is not the be all end all, just like weight isn't yeah. the be all end all. Because if you're a bodybuilder, there is a very high percent chance that you are overweight or even obese. And I was not hysterical. Yeah. Uh, and you you could have four percent body fat right. and be obese if you're if you're a short bodybuilder. Um, so looking at your BMI, you're at your twenty one point seven. That's in the super healthy range um, for your height. You know, and the BMI is just your weight divided by your height yes. in inches, I believe. Um, and and then so you get that number, and you can look online fairly easily and find a scale that'll show you where you should be what your weight should be if you're a healthy adult, but it doesn't include any information about um, mm -hmm. body fat, bone structure, um, water weight, or anything else. It's just weight divided by your height. So you take, you, know, you just don't, don't take that one too. To me, that number can be more damaging than your weight um, because the word obese is very, uh, it's, it's an emotionally triggering word, if, especially yeah, if you I would agree obese. with that. And I, I know women who are fit and they weigh like 130, but they look like they weigh 110. And then according to the statistics, they might, their BMI might be high. And I'm like, that's ridiculous. Right. And even when I was 260 pounds, people told me that I didn't look mm -hmm. like I weighed that much. And I'm like, well, yeah, that, that's kind of a backhanded compliment, <laughs> but... <laughs> You are look like okay. that way. Thank you very much. Um, but BMI, yeah, just take it, take it for what it's worth and use it. Remember, these are all single data points that make a bigger picture when we add them together. So next up is your mm -hmm. body fat percentage. And that's uh, you're at 25.6%, which is really right. healthy for women. Yes. And I'm 60. Uh, I'll be 61 in a month. So, you know, when you're younger, it's okay if you want it a little bit lower or if you're a professional athlete, but women that are in their childbearing years, uh, you need enough body fat percentage that you're menstruating if you want to have babies. And you also, for women um, of the, you know, older women, you want um, your bones to be strong. So it's really important not to have too low body fat because it all the hormones, everything is tied together. Right. And for men, uh, for, so for women, I believe the healthy range of body fat is um, 18 to about 28%. Right. And for men, it's anywhere from um, 10% to, or yeah, 10, 10 to uh, right. 20%. My, yeah. Somewhere, somewhere around there. I'm, I don't have a yeah. chart in front of me. So my goal is I, I want to um, get down to like 18%. But, Cause I, I want to look like healthy mm -hmm. cause I've been down, like when I've been sick and I've right. been with my disordered eating, I've been like really low and that's like, ew, it didn't look good and I didn't feel good. So I, I think 18 yeah. would be a good number if I, if I could get there. Right. And I know I've said on, on our podcast before, I have a goal of just seeing what 10% body fat looks like for me. Um, I have no intention of doing the work or putting in the effort to stay at 10% body fat for an extended period of time, because that's, that's really low. And anything below that you're getting into, uh, like I said, super extreme bodybuilder mode. And, you know, um, basically below 5% is so you're, that's what you, you just right. have enough to survive and to keep your body going. So, 
Um, but for all those people that think that they don't have enough body fat to feed them while they're fasting, you do. Um, because again, for women, you're looking at, you know, even, even at a healthy weight and a healthy lifestyle, you're going to be in the 20 to 25%, 26, 27% body fat for men that 10 to 20%, uh, 20% of your body is fat right. that it can use. And, and that fat gets replaced whether you use it or not. Um, so you might as well use it up. All right. So next up is your fat free body weight. That's a fun number. That is what you would weigh if you removed all of the right. fat from your body. So that made me laugh. That I was and like, you, oh, <laughs> I, so that mine is 90, right? Is that what you have? Yeah, 90. So I would weigh yes. 90 pounds. So yep. I was like, that's 90 so pounds. funny. I've never weighed, I might have weighed 90 pounds in like a middle school, but um, or elementary school, but I just thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think I think mine's like 145, and I was like, yeah, I've, there's I, I don't even want to know what I would look like at 145 pounds. It would yeah, be awful. That's funny. Um, so, but that's just that's just that a fun, fun number to look at and <laughs> and to you know, uh, you know, yeah, just kind of like, oh wow, what what would I look like at 90 pounds? Well, you'd right. look like a skeleton. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, the next one, a little bit more, um. A little bit more in-depth number is your subcutaneous yeah. fat. And again, all this is derived from the amount of water in your body and some calculation of water, body weight, height, uh, and resistance. I, I don't know the rest. But your subcutaneous fat is the fat that is actually stored in and directly under your skin. Um, so that's the fat that you can see. That's your, that's what shows up as cellulite. Um, that's what shows up as, you know, kind of that bumpy looking mm -hmm. fatty skin that nobody wants. Men and women do not want that. Um, so, and, and again, it's going to be closely tied to your, or it's It's going to be fairly close to your overall body fat percentage because that is where okay. most of the fat is stored. That makes sense. Directly under the my skin. overall was 25.8 um, and this is 23.9. So that makes sense. Right. And so that keeps that right in line. Um, and, and it's a, again, it's a percentage of your, that is a percentage of your body weight. Um, so 23 and you will come up to another number later on here that kind of helps us figure out that calculation, but 23.7% of your, weight is subcutaneous fat. And that means that is fat that can be used. So 23% of your body is of your, of your weight is fat that can currently be used if you are fat adapted and your body is doing that. Um, the next number is visceral fat. And this is a super serious number. So this number doesn't get a percentage and it is not a, um, it's, it's not, it's not a weight measurement. Right. It's a score for, from what I found. And visceral fat is the fat that, uh, is mm -hmm. surrounding your organs and primarily, uh, primarily stored in your abdomen. So the lower that number is, if you, if you have a lot of visceral fat from the research that I've done, just to see what these numbers were, if you have a lot of visceral fat one, you've got a, um, you've got some health risks going on your organs do not want to be surrounded right. by lots of this fat. It makes when, when the organs are surrounded by fat, it makes it harder for the organs to do their job 
Um, it makes it harder for the blood system to get the, you know, the, the nutrients and things into the right places. And it makes it harder for the organ to function the way it's supposed to. So yours is a four, which is really good. Um, from what I've seen, mine, I think is mine is a six or a seven, depending on the day. And again, that that's going to fluctuate with your water. Yeah. So I, I'd like to get that down um, a little. I'm just, I just Googled it while we were talking and, uh, there's, you know, there's mm-hmm. differentiary, differentiary, differentiating opinions on this, but, uh, I like to, I have a little bit of a tummy since I went a postmenopausal. So I, I'd like to work on that a bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And again, all, a lot of that is, is in your abdomen. So if you have a lot of that in there, it might, sh- it might show up as a rounded belly, not because you have, not because you have fat in the skin of your belly, not because you have subcutaneous fat, you don't have a fat belly, but you have more stuff internally behind your abdomen that's going to cause it mm-hmm. to protrude just a little bit. Um, but primarily you want to get that number lower because you want you're the healthiest organs you can have so that you can live longer and that's enjoy it. your life. Um, all right, moving on to body water. You're at 51.1%. Now, uh, this is, this is interesting. Cause I thought when you said you drink a lot of water, you live, you live in the desert and you drink a lot of water and you take, you, you take your sodium. Um, 51% is great. Um, that's, that's, that's where you want it. You want it. Uh, 50% is the minimum. And every time I did the, did the, um, body analysis at my gym, they were always amazed at how, uh, my, my body water. And cause I usually sit around 62, Ooh. 63% body water. Uh, and I, I drink about 120 ounces of water a day. So it's not excessive, but it is a lot. Um, but yeah, they were always surprised. They're like, you are super hydrated. And I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but okay. Yeah. Uh, But for for your weight, and and again, it's all going to correlate to the bigger picture for your height, your weight, 51% is really good. That means more than half of your body is water. And that water is not just, it's again, it's not the water you're drinking. Um, It's your blood. It's the water in your body, your lymphatic fluids, uh, and, and all those other things that are just not solids or even, and not, they're not solids like muscle and bone and they're not fat. Um, those all fall into that water category. Uh, so awesome job there. And then your next one, skeletal muscle. This is the one I'm focused on. This is the one, you know, you're starting to do some strength training Uh, this number is going to be super important Mm -hmm. to watch as your weight fluctuates. And when you find yourself getting frustrated about your weight fluctuating, um, you know, you're, you're eating, you're eating a lot more uh, protein. Now you're focusing on your, you know, you started kind of transitioning into that carnivore lifestyle and you're feeling awesome doing it. Um, but you may see Mm -hmm. some weight gain and, that's okay if your body fat percentage decreases and your skeletal muscle yep. increases. And I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. Especially so with I, the- I am not, we're not promoting carnivore or vegan. We're not promoting 
promoting any kind of particular uh -huh. food plan. But for me, I've been low carb since I'm like 15. And then I went keto when I added in healthy fats. And that helped me a lot. That was about when I turned 55. And um, I've been having I've been having some digestive issues and bloating and the vegetables were just not working for me. So I'm not saying I'm going to do this forever, but I wanted to give it a couple of months. So I'm doing full on, I am full on carnivore meeting. I'm eating meat and fish and chicken and eggs. And I eliminated all vegetables completely, which sounds very bizarre, but I actually feel fabulous, fabulous. And, um, I suffer with depression and anxiety and I feel the calmest I felt since the pandemic started. So for me right now, if my weight goes up a few pounds, I'm like, bring it on because I feel so well emotionally and physically. I, I had the best run I've had in a long time the other day. So I'm not too worried about the number on the scale because of the way I'm feeling. Right. And that's, that's exactly the way it should be. Um, you know, and again, we don't, we don't, con we don't endorse any specific diet and we don't condone any specific diet. Everybody needs to find their own individual way of living this life and, you know, fueling yep. your body. So that's fitness. interesting. So bone. And then the next one um, is muscle, right? Yes. So that, uh, let's see, where were we? Skeletal. So skeletal muscle, that's your, those are the muscles that um, specifically move your skeleton. So your biceps, your triceps, your core, your abdominal muscles, your glutes, your hamstrings, any muscle you use that moves a joint. Uh, and I'm having a lot of fun. I'm, I just started a personal trainer certification course and I'm learning about all this stuff this oh, week too. Great, so it's really cool great. to kind that, of tack onto that. A good resource for us. Great. Um, yeah, it was, it's awesome. There's, I'm learning so much. And, but that skeletal muscle, that's again, a percentage of your total body weight. So 43.4% of your body weight is usable. That I, That's the word I like to use. It's usable muscle. It's muscle that you voluntarily control. Um, that does not include your heart, uh, any other organs that count as muscles. Um, you know, it's just, it's the muscle that you mm -hmm. voluntarily control. So you want that number to go up as your weight stays the same or even if your weight goes up or down, you want that, I want my muscle mass to go up or my muscle percentage. Um, next one is your muscle mass, and that is all the muscle. So that includes your heart muscle. Um, and I haven't gotten to the point where, I'm, where I can just rattle off wh where muscles are and which type they are. Um, but that's, uh, you know, 84.4 pounds of your body weight is muscle. And so, you know, that's where that body fat percentage, that's where all the other percentages are coming from is based off of this larger mm -hmm. picture combining everything. Uh, bone mass. I really like that it, that it gives bone mass um, as I, I'm, you know, starting mm -hmm. to get to the um, middle-aged category and, you know, my, my bone mass and my bone health is becoming more and more important, especially being a karate instructor and me, you know, doing things at 41 years old that, um, you know, I was, I was doing when I was 20, I want to make sure that my bones are healthy. So you can, you can keep an eye on that number over time to make sure that you're not losing bone mass. Um, so, you know, if you are losing bone mass, then, you know, you need to increase things in your diet that feed your bones. 
Um, so I'm really happy that they put that on there. Uh, the next one is a little confusing to me and I couldn't find a ton of information on it, but it just yeah, says protein. Yeah. And it says 17.6% of your body is protein. And I, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means, uh, if it's counting your muscle mass as protein or if there's, uh, you know, protein compounds just kind of floating around in different parts of your body and the scale sent that signal and it was like, Oh, there's a protein. There's mm-hmm. a protein. There's a protein. I don't really know. Um, but you're at 17.6% protein. So, uh, keep an eye on that. Maybe we'll do a little bit more research and we can add some stuff to the show notes. Uh, yeah. if we find anything out, uh, the next number, I absolutely do Me not neither. care about at Me all. Neither. Um, yes. <laughs> And that is your, yeah. your BMR or your basal metabolic rate. We know because we're fat, if we were eating every single day at the, you know, uh, and we were eating uh, multiple meals all day long, that number would be important um, and, and in order to you know, maintain. But yours, because of your height and weight, your basal metabolic rate is 1,250 calories. Um, and that is the number of calories that you would right. need to consume to maintain right. your current right. body and weight. So in old school, and I am, I, I don't believe in calories in, calories out, you know, eat, eat less, move more. That's old school. But if, if you mm-hmm. did follow that formula, so basically just to be like breathing and living and doing like my normal day, I would need 1,251 calories. But like today I did a right. six mile hike and then I did my indoor workout, you know, I did my hit training and my sit-ups, my push-ups, and then I went for a walk, then I like made dinner, then I did laundry. So that would be like another thousand calories. And but that I don't do that anymore. That's like back in the old days. And the right. I'm just let me finish so, my the way my husband explains yeah. it, my scientist husband. Um we're not machines. We're not like these little machines where you like put in the calories and the machine puts them out. Like the human body doesn't really work that simply. Everybody's metabolism is different and so on. Right. Um, and so that number just doesn't, it, when we're fasting and we're doing fitness, uh, there, there's just way too much math to do to figure out exactly how many calories and like you said, but calories from what? Um, because we've already talked about the fact that you you can sustain yourself and you can even lose weight eating Twinkies. Um, but it's not going to meet your fitness goals and it's not going to give you the healthy lifestyle that you want to live. So don't care about that number. But if, if you're listening to this and you do care about that number, yeah, that, that is one of the one of the data points that is on yeah. the scale. And I think um, and for some you could use it as a little bit of a frame of reference. If you're eating like 10,000 calories a day, well, yeah. maybe that's a little too much, you know, but like 2,000, 3,000, right. depending on your activity level. But it doesn't mean if you do a 10 mile run that you have carte blanche to eat X amount of calories. That's, that's a big fallacy because I gained weight when I was training for my 50 miler and it wasn't all muscle. Trust me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> trust me. <laughs> <laughs> You, you can out eat a, you can out eat yeah. any exercise that you do. And I, you know, my, my previous, my pre-fasting life is proof that you can out eat, 
Um, you, you, like I said, you can eat, you can out eat any healthy Absolutely. exercise that you do. And even, even in fasting, I can eat five, 6,000 calories in a four hour yeah. window. No problem. Yeah. Um, so you do have to, you know, yeah. you do have to be mindful. The, the last data point that this scale gives us, and I really think it's just a fun number and, and it, this number from what I was able to find on the app's website, uh, it's, it's called your metabolic age. And what they do is they take all these other data points and they, they put them together into this, um, what's supposed to be a healthy picture for you. Um, and so your metabolic age and mine, so I'm 41, I turned 42 in May. Mine says I'm 30, um, 39 years old today. It was 38. And then, like I said earlier, I had a couple of rough weeks. And so I've, I've gained a year, um, on my metabolic age in the last couple of weeks. And again, it's a data point. It's, it's fun to look at, but it's not something that should be, I'm not going to panic and go, Oh, I'm 38 years old again. No. Um, it's not a big deal. It's just supposed to give you a kind of a reference point to, where your body is in conjunction with yeah. your chronological age. So mine age. says 57, and so, I was like, excuse me, <laughs> because I'm turning 61 in March. But if when I taught, I, I retired in um, 2015, I was 55. I would be walking in the hall at the middle school where I taught, and and I would have the, the uh, hall monitor say, excuse me, miss, I need your pass, because I look like a child from the back. So I... I mean, I don't look 20, but I'm like 57. So I want to get that number lower. Okay. <laughs> I'll just put it out. Right. Um, and, but that's, it's, it's not a, it's not a measure of how you appear. Remember it, it's a measure of your overall okay. total body's um, age. And, and it, it I, I do believe that it takes into account your age based okay. on what you put in the app. Um, I, I think, I, I might have to play with mine and see if I, if I change my birth date to 10 years earlier, if it makes me 28 okay, instead you. of 38. Yeah. Um, because I, 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 ha I have a feeling that they're not going to just say if you're, if you're 71 and you're the healthiest person on the, on the world, you're still 71. I mean, right. you're 61, you're not 71. Um, but just as, as an example, it, you know, if you, so it's, it's, it has to factor right. that in there, I would think. Um, but it's a fun number to look at and go, it, it's a fun thing to set a goal of like, okay, well, I want to see how low can I get my metabolic age and can I, can I change that metabolic age with specific exercise choices and specific food choices and specific, uh, lifestyle choices, whatever it is. So right. it's all just fun to look at. Um, but the key for all of it again is don't look at any single one of these data okay. points by themselves. Because by itself, that one number does not give you a picture of your overall health. The reason there's 13 data points is because you need that many data points to get a picture yes. of your overall health. And I'd like to throw out, too, that um, you know, there's other data points that the app does not take into consideration, like your blood pressure, your resting pulse, things like mm -hmm. your A1C. So I was telling Bill before we started recording, before I left New York, I had this fabulous opportunity to uh, be used in a study. It was a doctor, a friend of mine that's a runner, and they were finding that 
long distance runners, especially men, we're talking ultra runners, like 30, 50 miler, 100 miler, um, they were finding a buildup of plaque on their arteries. So he, we got, we signed up and we got for free, we got these, uh, these CAT scans of our heart. It was very simple. You just like laid on a table and they put you in the machine. And mine came back, drum roll, zero. I got a zero. And that's a big deal that I had zero plaque in my arteries at age 55. And because my father just passed away at 90 and he was very healthy, but he was on statins. And when he died, he had a lot of plaque buildup in his heart. They were going to put in some stents and granted he was 90, but I, I have a family history of heart disease. So at age 50 to have zero, zero plaque in my arteries, that's something to be very happy about. Absolutely so when it's 57, excuse me, um, and you, and <laughs> excuse me, <laughs> you're totally right. Uh, there, there are, there's a lot of data points right. that are not given by this because the, the scale cannot measure blood pressure. The only way to measure your blood pressure right. is so with the blood pressure. So the point being cuff. is I'm not going to um, live and die by what this app tells me. I'm just using it as information. It's right. fun. And just uh, while we're chatting, I did not put this into the app yet. I didn't realize that it had the spot for it, which I just discovered the circumference. So when I started February 1st, mm -hmm. um, my weight was 120.8. My BMI, blah, blah, blah. So my waist was 29. Okay. So I'm not, that's like a little bit too much for me because I'm postmenopausal. And I've had friends say, oh, once you're postmenopausal, that's how it is. I'm like, no, that's not how it's going to be for me. Uh, thank you very much. No. <laughs> so I'm, I really want to get my waist down because in, in relation to the rest of my body, I have a pretty tiny waist. Like if I wear a dress and I put a belt on, I look visually like I have a tiny waist, but I, and I'm a singer. So, um, I want, I want to get the waist lower. My hips are about 35, which is good. Um, my thighs. Okay. So I'm a righty and I'm a runner. My left thigh is 12. My right thigh is 12 and a half, which is pretty funny. I'm just recovering from a shoulder injury. So my left arm was 11 and my right arm was 10 and three quarters, which I thought was fascinating because I'm a righty. So that means my right arm is a little bit atrophied because I had to really baby it for the last six months. Um, and then I didn't really yes. measure my chest. I measured underneath my chest where the bra strap goes because I, that I have a little bit of extra fat like in the upper abdomen and it's driving me nuts. So that was 30. So that's an area that I really want to see improve. I've been taking, and I took photos. I was telling Bill, I took photos every angle and I zoomed in on my tummy. Um, my top abdomen was 28 and, um, and that's it. So uh, that was, um, Last Monday. So I'm going to take my measurements every Monday and I'm going to, and I took the pictures and I put them in a little folder in my phone and I'm going to just compare them and I'll share with uh, the Facebook group maybe in a couple of months. Yep. And there's one other button that, uh, okay, if you yep. click the trends button, it will show you all your data points for, you can go back and forth between the circumference measurements okay. and the scales measurements. Uh, and you can click on each one, so you can click on your body fat percent, and you can and you can see how it goes up and down, and you can see how we know. You can click on your weight, and you can see we know our weight is not a static number; it fluctuates up and down. Um, and so you can follow all of those trends. You can go back to you know you can you can say uh, you know I don't know what it was, but last Wednesday I really just wasn't feeling like myself. 
you can go, you can go into the app and you can go to, and you can look at your water and you go, Oh wow. I was, I was dehydrated. I was only at 49% water that day or, you know, whatever. So, um, that trends button, I use, I, I look at my trends a lot more than I look at right. the individual so numbers. I wrote as those well. numbers down on a piece of paper. I'm going to put them into the app where the circumference section is, and then I'll have everything there. All right, Bill, thank you so much. And I just want to say to the listeners that I am like totally making myself vulnerable here. This is a big deal. I'm telling you my waist. I'm not showing you the pictures yet, but, and, and I have to be honest, I'm, almost 61 and I took the pictures of me like in my bra and like bikini panties and I was like oh not as bad as I thought so (laughs) you know I'm a long distance runner but women you know we tend to be hard on ourselves so I'm not like oh I look okay for 60 I just want to be fit and I want to um be preventive going forward I don't want to be one of these dumpy old people as I get older Right. And love yourself no matter where you are and realize you know, just acknowledge that you're on a journey and you know, we don't get to the end. Yep, we, just, we just keep going. And it, so uh, what else did we, we want to talk about, about this week, Lisa? Recommended books for people that need more information. So we're going to recommend right. some books that have scientific and medical knowledge about fasting and about autophagy. And we also have a few books about mindset. So, as we've said over and over, we are not dispensing medical advice. We are not doctors. We are not registered dietitians. We are not even licensed health coaches yet. So, a couple of books, and a lot of these books come in, you know, they come in Kindle. You can order them on Amazon. And they also come in audio, which is, I, I really prefer the audio version because I do a lot of running and hiking alone. And I have a lot of time to digest the books while I'm doing that. If you drive in your car, you know, if you're a stay home mom and you're running around the house, you throw your headphones on and you could listen. So, um, so I have some books and also some of the authors that we mentioned, you can also go to YouTube. And if you don't have time to listen to a whole book or you don't have the money to buy the whole book, you can just go to YouTube and they have a lot of short uh, videos that, that give lots of really great information. So the first one I would recommend is Dr. Jason Fung. I cannot say enough good stuff about him. It is a little sciencey. But especially the audio book I found was really easy to understand. So he has several books. He has The Obesity Code. He has The Complete Guide to Fasting. He has The Diabetes Code. And he just came out with a new book called The Cancer Code. And that talks about the effects of sugar and different foods on cancer. So if you're starting, I would recommend The Complete Guide to Fasting or the obesity code, because if you listen to that, you'll be like, I can't believe the medical establishment and what they've been telling me. It will really open your eyes. If you can't afford those, just go to YouTube and find Dr. Jason Fung. He's got a ton of stuff. The other one I want to recommend is, um, Bill, you talked about um, lies your doctor told you. So there's a man that wrote a book with that title. His name is Dr. He's a medical doctor, Dr. Ken Barry, and the title of the book is Lies My Doctor Told Me. And he actually was having heart issues. It's it's a fabulous book. It will make you happy but mad. So that's a good one. Um, another one I just started listening to is by Benjamin 
Bickman, B-I-C-K-M-A-N. It's called Why We Get Sick. And there's another really good one that um, this woman named Eve Mayer, she partnered with Jason Fung and Megan Ramos. It's called Life in the Fasting Lane. And it's Jason Fung and Megan Ramos is a nurse who was morbidly obese and went to Jason Fung for help. And she ended up working for him. And Eve Mayer was somebody who struggled her whole life with um, being obese. And now she's intermittent fasting is her lifestyle. And she's like, she, I, she also has a podcast and she says, oh, sometimes I get so upset that I didn't know this earlier. But so these are really good places that I would recommend starting. Plus, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Delay, Don't Deny by Jen Stevens and her newer book, Fast, Feast, Repeat, also by Jen Stevens. And there's tons of stuff on YouTube. There's tons of other podcasts. So when someone says to you, oh, fasting, bad, starving, bad, you go, oh, well, here, Dr. Jason Fung, who's an, <laughs> you know, a doctor, and he's worked with clinical trials, so on and so on. So I really think it's really good to have information, um, not just for yourself, to, like, put off the naysayers. Yes. Uh, and I've got a few books. So I recently read uh, just n less focused on the science of fasting and more focused on my own personal mindset as you know, going through this journey. And so a couple of books that I'd really recommend if you haven't read them yet. Uh, the first one is Atomic Yay, Habits by James That's Clear. Like the best book. And that one, yeah. I, I was really, I wasn't sure I heard about it on, I think I heard Jin talk about it on her podcast. And then I heard somebody else talk about it on a completely un, uh, not fasting related podcast. And like in the same week, I listened to a lot of podcasts. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll check this out. And uh, it's a really good book, really good insight on building habits that change uh, just to change how you live your daily life and, and lead you towards success. Yeah, regardless and it comes, of what it your comes in Audible are. and it's, um, you can also get a paper copy. I'm sure it comes mm -hmm. in Kindle. If I was coaching somebody uh, as a beginner faster, I would also make that, I would almost make that required reading. I think it's so worthwhile. Uh, and then the next one I just finished last, uh, about a week ago. And I'll, I'll uh, abbreviate the title just so we don't offend anybody, but it's The Subtle oh, yeah. Art of Not Giving an F. Um, and there's, there's a whole series of these books by the same author. I think there's two or three books. Um, this is the only one I've read. And it was, uh, I read it, again, just dealing with some personal stuff. And it, it was really good for where I was at. And so uh, it, it's kind of, it's a mindset book and it's not as... Um, they, they do use the, the F word quite a bit, the author does. So if you're easily offended, you might want to skip over that one. But if you can handle it, the mindset behind it, um, it's, it's not what it sounds like. It's, it's, not, it's really not about not caring. It's about caring about what really matters and, and processing life in a way that's actually yeah, going to be beneficial that. for you. I read that fabulous book. I highly recommend that um, too. And then the last one I want to recommend is Graham Curry's The Fasting Highway. I just finished that one this week as well. It took me way longer than I thought it would. But again, I'm doing a whole bunch of different projects and I was kind of bouncing back and forth between books. And that's the only one. That's the only book I've read that was not an audio book that I've actually finished oh, wow. in the last okay. three years. So 
<laughs> um, so props to Graham. Uh, that one is, there's no, it's about fasting, but it's more about his life and his journey and, uh, you know, what, what fasting has, uh, changed him into and changed his life towards. So, um, highly recommend that one, the fasting highway. Right. By and there's Grant, another one Grant I forgot Curry. about. Um, it's called fast with Paige, And I happen to be friends with her on Facebook. I met her through the communities, another personal journey. And that's more like a workbook. And she's just, workbook. you get to write it in and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, there's, there's more. Lori Lewis wrote Fabulous, uh, Fit and Fabulous Forever, I think. And they're, oh, and Kim, Kim and Ryan, I can't think of her last name. It's called Unbelievable Freedom. She's been on the podcast. And yes. I'm blanking uh, on Kim, I, I, yeah, I can't remember the last name. But I, I'm in several groups that they're part of, and they're huge contributors and huge, um, oh. just uh, really all about yep. the fashion lifestyle. Smith. Okay, so she wrote a book called Unbelievable Freedom, and what she did yes. was she started a series of workbooks. So Lori Lewis wrote one of the workbooks for older women going through peri and menopause, and Fast with Paige. Paige's book just came out, and her her book is very short and very flowing and it's a workbook um she just sent me a, a free copy and a pdf because we're friends and she's just such a lovely lovely woman and i i can't imagine anybody wouldn't be touched by her story and graham's story is quite it's quite moving right graham's story it, it really is um and, and a lot of his a lot of his life experiences really line up with my own so it was really you know parts of it parts of it were hard to read honestly because i was you know, when he's talking about being bullied as a kid, I was like, yeah, that was me. And, uh, you know, so parts yeah. of that were just kind of difficult to process and, and go through again. Um, but they're all really good books. And, uh, you know, we could probably keep going on and on and on. But I feel like we've already gone a little bit over mm -hmm. our normal length. Um, and I just want to just tack on here just so people know we don't <laughs> script this podcast. Um, so sometimes you, sometimes you're going to get us for 25 minutes and sometimes t like today, you're going to get us for, you know, maybe double that, maybe a little bit more. I don't know. I'll have to go back and see what our actual cut time is, but, um, I, I do want everyone to know that this is 100% raw and uncut and unedited. We don't cut anything out. If something happens in the middle, um, you know, somebody sneezes, we keep that in there. It's, it doesn't matter. We're just going to keep going, keep recording and have fun with it. But so, yeah, sometimes we go a little bit long and we hope everybody gets uh, some really good. Okay, so we're going to stop because we've us. been chatting for a while. So, we hope to see you next week, everyone. And we should have a guest, a guest, we're not going to say who, to interview next week. So, have a great week, everybody. And thank you so much. You too. Awesome, Lisa. Have a good night. Bye. Bye. I'm not going to